The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And we are live to the W2M Network with The Kickoff, Season 2, Episode 2 of the regular season, that is. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, everybody. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me at this time, as per usual, the co-host since day one, he is Brandon Biscabing. Hey, hey, hey. The executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Mmm. I swear, this Kentucky Fried Gator is delicious, but I'll be damned if it doesn't just get stuck in your teeth. Harry, <laughs> Oh, God. He he went there. And the chairman of the W2M network, Jason Teasley. Bite me, Watkins. Coming to you live from the homeless shelter where receptacles are everywhere. I was just going to say, it seems like everyone from where I where I am, where which, by the way, I'm going to be about to take it up the butt over here. But, yeah, everyone who had decided to leave seems to go to West Virginia. So have fun with all the Carolinians. I'm just going to say that taking it up the butt is a typical Tuesday for Eric. <laughs> no, I think it's the other way around for him. Well, let's get, let's get uh, on a serious note, okay, on a serious note. You know, we know Brandon's in the Carolinas and everything, and we wish everybody the best. Bye, homie. But I just really hope that this does not interfere with my fucking job. <laughs> that is an inside joke that's funny to us and maybe a few other people if you don't get that reference I apologize now and I refer you to a number that you could call that we referenced in a previous episode <laughs> moving on <sighs> so it's time to start the, the, the funniest thing about that though is that he lives in Jersey it's not going to hit him at all season 2 episode 2 starts with studs and duds Eric, you know, there's two hashtags, one where they come to mind on a rather historic week one of the NFL season. Yes, you've had the longest game in terms of time of day and hours and minutes elapsed start to finish. Yes, you had the youngest quarterback to start an opener since 1950. Yes, you had the first opening day tie since 1971. But amongst all of that, you also had the highest scoring week one game in the modern era. Hashtag fear the beard. Hashtag fits magic. Hashtag Jameis who. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he can throw, and at 35 years old, he can still run, torching that Saints defense in a 40-8 to 40 win, accounting for five touchdowns. That is impressive. Too bad he couldn't play like that in Buffalo. <laughs> Who can play like that in Buffalo? That hurts, Eric, but unfortunately, <laughs> you were... The only one of us to get a win in week one, so I'll have to let that slide. <laughs> Jason, week one stud hit me. <laughs> well, you know, myself, but that's beside the point. And I'm about to make a very, very 
very happy Californian that we all know and love. And just to piss you off, Harry, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. It's my Holmes time. Yes, he had a great debut. 256 yards, four touchdowns, lit the Chargers up. And I figure Robert would like that. He says hi. I'm just going to quickly point out that the Chargers don't play defense and do it against a team that actually does impress me. Brandon? And I'm also going to quickly point out, if anybody's a stud on the weekend based upon what they did personally, it's me. And I have evidence to prove it. Moving on. Family show. Brandon? <laughs> um, okay, so this man went down in the first half and then proceeded to come back and scorch the um, supposedly better defense and and. A great pickup by this team for 21 points and the win at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. I am talking about one Aaron Rodgers, and yeah, he just he just torched that Bears defense in the fourth quarter. Enough said. To be fair, and this is not taking anything away from the GOAT that is Aaron Rodgers, because all-time comeback... Uh, two things about that. One, he has constantly made Chicago his bitch. This is nothing new. But two, this is supposed to be a reinvigorated and re-energized Bears defense because of Khalil Mack. Well, two. Oh, go ahead, Eric. Oh, I was going to say, look at what Khalil Mack did on the snaps where he actually played. He was on a snap count tonight, and uh, there was torture. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers needed the happy pills? <laughs> That's true. I'll give you that. Two, if Chris Collinsworth compared him to Willis Reed one more damn time. <laughs> Thank you! Oh, dear Lord, I wasn't the only one. I mean, I, was like... I mean, Chris Collinsworth is the guy that everyone makes fun of. I mean, me and my friend, when we used to play Madden back in the day, we'd, like, we'd purposely basically mystery science theater the entire game of how bad Chris Collinsworth's commentary was. My stud for the week, and technically speaking, my stud for college football in general, since I'm the only one going to college football this week. Do you guys remember when we did our college football preview and I made my prediction for BCS Buster? Well, technically CFP Buster, but still, same difference. Mm-hmm. The Boise State Broncos opening up against, granted, a pathetic UConn team, but a Troy's team that was really good last year and who a lot of people have favored to win the Sun Belt once again this year. Boise State is averaging 59 a game through two games. Averaging 59. In two games, they have won 56 to 20 and 62 to 7. Something about that Smurf turf, Eric. It's like quarterback you up there, at least in college. Now, when they get to the NFL, maybe not so much. They become coaches for the Cowboys. And then it just ends badly because they only score eight points against Carolina. But in the Smurf (laughs) turf, it works out for the Boise State Broncos. All I'm saying is I really hope they get to play Hawaii in conference this year. If so... I'm going to take my batteries out of the remote, and I'll stay up until 2, 3 in the morning if I have to. 
That one could end up in the 70s. Boise State and Hawaii would not meet unless they play for the Mountain West Championship. Oh, bugger. Well, that's not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. I hate, hate to be the bearer of bad news. All yeah. right, Eric. Oh, man, we've, got our, we've got our studs in. It's time for our duds. Who you got? Speaking of, you know, NFL and coaching and changing scenery and everything. Now, I'm going to admit, full disclosure, I watched the first half of this game. Also on full disclosure, because I was up at 7 o'clock in the morning. By the time the second half happened, I had passed out. But I was still, being the guy that I am, woke up, saw everything that I needed to see, to maintain a proper perspective, all things considered. John Gruden, you've been around football for decades. You've been on Monday Night Football for one of those decades. Did it ever occur to you that during that time you would need to, oh, I don't know, make halftime adjustments, change up schemes, do certain things, offensively and defensively how do you lead a team that gets outscored 23 to nothing in the second half you sir are my dud and given what matt patricia and that show offered in detroit that's saying something the thing about the whole john gruden thing is that not only did you sleep through the second half Apparently, so did Gruden. <laughs> yeah, you, you may need to not get up at 317 in the morning if you're going to have games like this. Just saying. Piece of advice. Jason, dud. My dud is the entire defense of the Buffalo Bills giving up a, a whopping 349 total yards, 232 through the air. This defense... That was nice last year. Not so much this year. Embarrassed themselves against and let the Baltimore Ravens run up and down the field on them unmercifully. I think you just enjoyed taking shots at me because neither of these were your starter done in the chat. No, I started. I started researching and then I kind of like. I kind of like this because the more. Uh, Eric got me kind of wanting, you know, with his his uh, wildcat eating gator. I kind of it kind of persuaded me to go this way. Now, how, you, think, Eric? How, how did you guys do against Jacksonville again? Yeah, you took an L. Sit down and shut up, homie. But hey, 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 Jason. Uh, we scored Jason. more than three points. <laughs> Jason, in Harry's defense. Nathan Peterman improved. He only threw two interceptions. <laughs> that was the only defense Harry has. <laughs> because it sure wasn't the Beals. <laughs> Freaking hate this job. <laughs> and, and I think uh, even Eric has to admit that at least the Giants-Jags uh, game was semi-competitive. It, it really was, and I do okay. have to give kudos to Saquon Barkley. He torched us, but that was a great way to score your first NFL touchdown. Can I just state for the record that I actually called Buffalo getting killed last week on the show? 
So yeah. I'm <laughs> just saying. Because I said that they're going to take out what happened in week 17 last year against us on week one this year. And sure enough, damned if it didn't happen. Brandon, who's your dud? Um, so this team, they looked like they were going to be strong. And it looked like the other side of the field was going to be my dud. Sam Darnold looked like he was going to be your prototypical uh, Jets quarterback, throwing, proceeding to throw a pick six on his first throw. Typical Jets fashion. But then, something crazy happens. We get thrown into the upside down, and Darnold, in his first game, proceeds to put 48 points on the, on the Lions. The Lions defense, you looked so good to start off the game. And then you laid a complete goose egg. Okay, in fairness to that Lions defense here, Darno was only 16 of 21 for 198. It was the rushing game. Oh, and yeah. their lack And their lack of offense, courtesy of Matthew Stafford. And their the special teams. In. And their special teams. I mean, my dud threw three interceptions. Matthew Stafford threw four. It's true. Which is more than Nathan Peterman, so I guess he is improving. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, so if you look at the stat line only, it actually doesn't look half bad. 23 of 41, 335 yards, and a touchdown pass. Not terrible, right? Mm -hmm. No, no. Yes. Factor in a quarterback rating of 60.5 because of three interceptions and a fumble by Big Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) In a game that, as Eric said, and I was going to drop this stat myself, Eric just beat me to it, ends in the first opening week tie in 47 years in the National Football League. And to to the Browns of all teams. ESPN's bottom line put it best. Cleveland, 0-0-1. Best start since 2004. Wait, <laughs> screw this one up, Ben. You're my dud for the week. I mean... No, there's really nothing that I can report to that. The losing streak is over, but you can't open the victory bridges. This is your first tie, and it's not like the last tie Pittsburgh was in. 34-34 against Michael Vick and the Falcons back in 2 This hurts, and it's going to make Vegas mad because Cleveland's over-under for win totals was 5.5. Now that could be a push. <laughs> you guys ready to get into So That Happened? Let's do it. Let's. I'm I'm good. All right. So our opening touchdown of that game was actually scored by James Conner. And it's a wonderful story. The guy beat leukemia to become an NFL player. He is claiming that there is no correlation between him celebrating with his offensive line when he scored that touchdown. Others are viewing it as a shot at holding out Pittsburgh running back Le'Veon Bell. Eric, your thoughts? I don't necessarily see it as a shot, per se. Just like when Le'Veon Bell tweeted the emoji with the face and the monocle, everyone responded with 
a magnifying glass on James Conner's stats. Le'Veon Bell said, hey, I didn't know games could end in a tie. But for something like this, just like with that Le'Veon Bell being a coincidence, I think this is just no big deal. He was happy, as you said. He's come from a long road to get to the NFL 192 scrimmage yards in his opening game. Yeah, you thank your offensive lineman for something like that. Maybe Bell should take a bit of a message, however. Jason? Um, I'm, I'm fully aware that he should be thanking his offensive line, and it was a shot at Bell, and they proved that they could do – they could be productive on the ground with or without Bell. And it leads to my theory that Bell will be a New York Jet by midseason. Brandon? Yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't, you know, pre-planned to, you know, do it as a shot to Bell. But under the radar, I think it was kind of a, you know, little uh-huh to... Uh, to Bell of saying, hey, you know, these are the guys that are supporting you and you're taking a big old dump on them, so, you know, we're going to show you what we can do. All right, I had my next one put off to the side, but now I have to find it again. So give me one second to find my thing. Okay, here we go. With the start that we had on Monday night... And the ratings coming in that the double Monday night games are actually kind of starting to work against the ESPN to open the season. Do you think it's at all possible that we see a situation where they get rid of the double headers on Monday night football? I sure they uh, hope so. I don't think so, especially because it's just it's not like they do it every week. Um, it's a one-off thing at during the first week, kind of as a way to give extra games to the national audience. I, I'm okay with it. I don't think they'll get rid of it. <coughs> well, I hope they get rid of it. Well, personally, A, I hope they really get rid of the Thursday night games, but that's a different story. I mean, just like with the Sunday night package, 17 games over the course of 17 weeks, with the last game of the regular season, game number 256, being that final Sunday night game. With Monday Night Football, ESPN actually has a bit of an advantage because they have their 17 games, but they only get the 16 weeks because there's no Monday Night Football 17. So that's why we have the Monday Night Doubleheader Week 1 to begin with. Personally, I'm a bit of a fan of it, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Yeah, I, I agree with Eric. I'm on the flip side. I I think it's pointless. I mean, you're you're trying to put on a game so late at night, it kind of alienates your East Coast teams and your East Coast audience. Yeah, I mean, it appeals to your West Coasters. But I mean, if you want to do it, I would rather I would much rather have a, a juicier matchups than something like. Well, let me ask you this, Jason. Is the fact that you live on the East Coast a little bit of a bias towards that, though? No, because they don't put... 
I mean, I would much rather seen a like a Denver Kansas City game, a like a Seattle uh, Rams game, something like that, something that would appeal that you bring that audience in. Don't put a mediocre game on as your. If you're going to do it, do a do a premier game. Uh, but the last couple of seasons, I, well, we've I got think very I, I weak. Think- I was going to say, I, I would argue that the late game, uh, the Monday night choice for the late game between the Rams and the Raiders was actually the better of the two Monday night choices. Yeah. Because I don't think there's anybody in the country outside of fans of the Jets and the Lions that really gave a crap about that opening contest. Not only that, but going into the season, <laughs> you were thinking, you know, it's the it's the re-debut of John Gruden as a head coach. Both the Rams and the Raiders were at least decent last year. It's two good young quarterbacks that a lot of people have a lot of hype over. So this was a very good matchup that you thought, hey, this could be a good game. Now, it wasn't, but, you know, it on paper going into it, especially when they first made the schedules back in April, it looked like a great matchup. Well, let the record state it was a good game at halftime. In the second half, it got very boring very quickly. All right, for those of you with a weak stomach, you might want to turn away from our third, so that happened a bit. Delaney Walker. Ooh. Uh, I'm assuming that all three of you have seen the play in question. No, actually, I have have not. I read about it, but I just, I've been wrapped up with moving it. that I didn't actually get to see the play, and I kind of don't think I want to see the play. You really uh, don't. <laughs> Eric, you had a chance to see it. There are certain, like the old saying goes, and I heard this once on a TV show, certain body parts aren't supposed to bend certain ways. It's unnatural for a reason. Ow. If you have not had a chance to see it, I'm going to issue viewer discretion right now. That his foot was on backwards. Is it was it worse than the Monday night Napoleon Kaufman blown blown out knee? I would say it's right up there. I would say yes, just because of the way that the impact lands originally. Not even so much the aftermath of the hit, but the hit itself is just disgusting because of the way that he gets cut in half with it. Okay. Because the Napoleon Kaufman knee was kind of kind of nasty. Right. You guys want a comparison that you might remember? Uh, do you guys remember when Paul George got his foot at the NBA USA game? Oh yeah, it was similar to that. Yeah, when he ran into the base of the backboard. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Freaking gross. Our best thoughts and wishes sent out to Delaney Walker, who we obviously will not see again this season. You know who else we might not see again this season? And this will be our final show that happened for the week here is the man who screwed me on three different fantasy teams, but I do wish him a speedy recovery all the same. Panthers tight end Greg Olson is yet again hurt, yet again with a broken foot. That's two for me. Um. In my two hundred and fifty dollar league, he was my starting tight end. <laughs> yeah, am I am I the only one who had sense to now again? This is a boy from the U, so this is saying something coming from me. 
I didn't start him in any of my fantasy leagues. Let, let me just do one more uh, kind of, you know, uh, personal because he because both of these guys were in my my big fantasy league this year. Um, Atlanta Falcons defense gets a, two huge blows this week with both Keanu O'Neill and Deion Jones going down. Yeah, that's in the uh, the NFL. Which one is it? The realistic league that you're you're yes. running, Brandon? Yeah, yeah, I know. I had to go scrambling for some defensive people because of that draft screwing me over with <laughs> auto. But yeah, I made it work. All right, and that's yeah, you uh, beat me. <laughs> I not only did I beat you, I kicked your ass, homie. <laughs> hey, Eric, you're next, sucker. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> All right, anywho. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts on the week one injuries here? I mean, a little bit less than maybe we're used to. And then a couple of people who came back from the injuries that they sustained, i.e. the Rogers situation that we talked about earlier. But it feels like there were fewer week one injuries this year than there were last year, at least to marquee players. Agree or disagree? I, I, I agree with that, but I do have the caveat. I think there were fewer week one injuries to marquee players because there were a lot more injuries leading up to and in the preseason. Mm. So there's yeah. a little bit of balance there. Yeah, I know one thing for sure. That Hunter Henry thing screwed me in one of my fantasy leagues because we drafted early and I had Henry. And then week two, Austin the bye bye <laughs> All right, Jason, you said you wanted to go first and buy or sell. Yeah, let's go. The time has come for buy or sell. Do you want pro football, college football, or the mixed question? I'm going to take pro football. All right. Hold on. Let me find my questions. Here we go. All right. Based on your week one impressions, what team impressed you the most coming out of the gate for the 2018 NFL season? What team impressed me the most? Hmm. That's a good question. (laughs) I'm actually going to say New Orleans Saints. Not so much defensively, but offensively, Breeze showed that he still has the capabilities to lead that team. Michael Thomas had a great game. Kamara had a nice receiving game. Not so much rushing, but receiving out of the backfield. He's staking a claim for when coming back from suspension that Ingram's going to be more of a change of pace back and just something to keep keeping fresh. But I think the Saints actually surprised me. I mean, I didn't think that they would be hitting on all cylinders like they did. Uh, it was pretty much a track meet football game, and, I mean, Breeze shows that he's timeless in that quarterback role. So... I was I expected a lot of things, but I did not expect I did not expect that game to be be as high octane offensively than that it was. I expected a little bit better defense, but they're young and they can bounce back. Can 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 I go next since I, mine is the exact opposite of uh, Jason's? Are you going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yes, I am, because all you said right there about how the Saints, you know, looked great, and they did look good, 
yet they lost to the Bucks. And the Bucks, that offense just and, and this is without Jameis Winston, mind you. This is Ryan Fitzpatrick running the <laughs> offense. Oh, <wait> <laughs> and and they proceed to put forty eight down on the Saints. Sorry, I had I had seminal cut my throat there. I apologize. <laughs> yes, we, we know you're butthurt about losing another uh, quarterback. Did you did you have crab legs? <laughs> I, I'll have you know that mine are actually paid for. Thank you very much. Uh, Eric, who impressed just, you the most? Just think, Bill's quarterbacks were combined 1-1-1 one, one, and one in week one. I'm just saying. But really, the team that impressed me the most, that... You one day. <laughs> I didn't expect them to fire on all three cylinders this quickly, especially because you're starting a 21 year old rookie. Really, things went south with that pick six, but I was really impressed with the New York Jets. I know Todd Bowles being a defensive guy, I was going to see some wonders from that defense, but between Isaiah Crowell. The defense, the special teams, just big play after big play after big play after big play, proving that Matt Patricia might just be a failure as a head coach, another hit on the Belichick tree. While I don't expect too, too much as far as winning for the rest of the season, this Jets team at the very least is going to be extremely competitive week one to week 17, especially as Darnold continues to improve. It physically pains me to utter these words. The team that impressed me the most in week one was the Baltimore Ravens. You knew they were going to be out for blood based on what happened last year and that it was the Bills that got into the playoffs because of the Dalton to Boyd miracle pass at the end of the game. In my wildest dreams, never did I see 47 to 3 happening. <sighs> Look at the bright side. Now you get to see what Josh Allen can do. He's your starter. Well, I mean, technically, he's the one who let us down for the field goal. So, hey, hey, points. Woohoo. <laughs> Just saying. That being said, it comes against Phillip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, boy. (laughs) I really wanted to pick the Chargers in my survivor pool so bad. Oh, so bad. Here's the thing, though. Buffalo has a history of beating teams we shouldn't beat. I take you back to weeks three and four of last year's NFL calendar when Buffalo beat Denver and Atlanta back-to-back on the road. Speaking of Survivor Leagues, how many people do you think uh, got knocked out this week by picking the Steelers over the over the Browns? In in my Survivor League and my Big Money League, we are in a we have a side pool, and you have like five Steeler fans in there, and all of them got knocked out because of that game. <laughs> this is why I'm glad I picked the Rams. <laughs> that was also my pick. This this week, I feel like I, I feel like we should do a survivor pool next year in the, for the NFL for the kickoff. Yes, we should. 
That would be fun. We we could do college and the NFL. And we can call the segment "Eye of the Tigers." <laughs> Anywho, sorry, I, my mind's always working. It, it's my curse. Uh, Brandon, do you want the college question or the combined question? I'll take the combined question. All right, buy or sell. We are now doing too much to protect quarterbacks in the National Football League. I I definitely buy that. Um, I didn't even know about that new rule until I was watching the the pregame shows uh, last week about how like you can't fall on top of the quarterback, and I was like, "What? Are you joking?" I I've said it before. I I think I've said it on this podcast. But if not, I'll say it here for the first time. I know when I was doing, you know, radio shows back at WSOU back in, and I started saying this back in 2010, and it's and it continues building and building and building. Give it another 10 years. Foot, American football will go in one of two paths. It will either a become flag football and become a shell of itself, or it will die a slow, painful death if things do not change course soon. Because football is becoming bastardized. You can hardly do anything. Eric? I honestly have to agree with Brandon. I heard mention and I saw the whole body weight on the quarterback rule. It's okay to a point. You don't want players getting power slammed, and you don't want the vicious brutality like you saw the NFL back in the 70s. But, again, Brandon said it perfectly. It's becoming bastardized and quickly. Now, I get with the whole safety measures and protocol and concussion, injuries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You want and you need stars. You need points. You need all these things. I get that. But we have technology to help us with that. And you have other ways of preventing these measures than just coming up with new rules to flatter quarterbacks and have them in their own bubble. You don't have to go that far. And personally, I think if football wants to avoid that slow death that Brandon mentioned, a big initiative over the next decade to really look at getting rid of the helmets altogether. I could think of a couple of more initiatives to do that, like incorporating the A11 offense, but if neither of those happen, instead of the NFL, all the focus is going to be on the AFFL. Or the XFL. <laughs> but let's not forget that we are relaunching in 2020. That is true, but I don't think it's going to be the same as uh, as it was the last time. No, especially because, and I was I was just about to say this because you look at you don't even look outside of football. Look at basketball, hockey. Even baseball, which is crazy, and and look at you know where we're going with the other league that we're talking about. Look at the owner of that. Look at pro wrestling as well. All sports now, and I know, and and I know people say, oh, it's always been this way. No, it's 
it wasn't nearly as bad as it is now back, you know, back 30, 40 years ago. Everything in the entertainment world is so focused on catering to everyone and and trying to expand their popularity rather than understanding that certain sports, certain entertainment products are going to inherently have a niche audience and you should cater to that niche audience instead of ostracize them by trying to change it into something that it's not. And that's exactly the problem. And that's exactly why you, you, you have all this hope for the XFL. It's not going to be the 90s XFL because it's not the 90s WWE. Well, the XFL launched in 2000, but thank you for playing. Well, I, you know what I meant. <laughs> um, Jason, your thoughts? Um, the No Fun League. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not for the whole protecting quarterbacks. You're, you're paid to play. It's not a pansy sport. It's a collision sport. And, yeah, people get concussions. People get broke legs. People's career get ended. Right, Joe Theismann? But that's part of the game. You you sign up. You know what you're getting yourself into. It's, it's a hazard to being an NFL player. You put on the pads. You play. It isn't quite football, it's a contact sport. I, I, I've got a little funny story for you guys that uh, Jason just made me think of. And, and, it, and it shows that, like, you know, it, it shows how much of a contact sport this, this should be. And, uh, am, am I the only one having issues hearing Brandon yeah. right now, or is that, is that okay. everybody? I'm pretty sure Brandon's in the middle of this hurricane. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. That was, I think that was on Eric's head. But, um, oh, but, that wasn't on my end. That was weird. no, that was most certainly you, homie. Try again. Um, but, um, and and this is, you know, this is completely outside of like the NFL or anything. But you know, I was covering a uh, middle school uh, all star game. And I was at their practice and watching them do, you know, line drills. And there was one drill that, and I was sitting, like, right by where they were doing it, analyzing it. And one of them went a little out of control and toppled right over me. And I, like, went, I tried to get out of the way, but I got walloped a little bit. But I just hopped back up and was like, I'm good. And that, that's how football is. It's a contact sport. Feel like you deserve to get room to. I'm not sure why, but I feel like you deserved it. <laughs> Shut up, Harry. <laughs> Just saying. But more importantly, did that affect you starting your new job? No, not at all. Because I do not want. I, I hate that someone's tragedy would affect anybody from starting a new job of being a receptacle down the homeless shelter. <laughs> Can we please, guys? Come on. It's a dead horse, and I will beat it. But besides, there are supposedly new projects coming in the works. Hey, 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 hey. More, more time than it's worth. Let's move on, <laughs> shall we? All right, let's, uh, let's move on to the college question here. And, Eric, you get to start. 
Okay. Cincinnati, 26-19. Oklahoma, 49-21, and the game wasn't really that close. Chip Kelly, obviously, thus far in UCLA has been a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Buy, or, buy or sell that UCLA wins less than five games this year. Oh, 0-2 going into their Pac-12 schedule. And let's remember, they play nine games in the Pac-12. Right. Honestly, I'm still going to have to sell. I think that they can at least scrape out five or six. Because if you look at the first two games, yeah, Cincinnati more of a disappointment than with Oklahoma because the Sooners are steamrolling everybody, at least for now. Wait until they actually get into Big 12 play. But you had Wilson Speed, who couldn't cut it at Michigan, now is a starter in a very up-tempo, fast-paced Chip Kelly offense. Against Cincinnati, he gets hurt. So now... You're relying on a true freshman. Even under the normal circumstances, you're going to need three, four games just for a quarterback to get settled into a system, especially with the limited 17 hours a week practice time that you're allotted by the NCAA. Different story for different day. But... You're adding to the fact that this system, not for its uniqueness, but for its sheer speed, you're running a play every 15 to 20 seconds. You got to be very quick for throws, not a lot of time for reads, just faster decision-making than usual. You're going to struggle even more early. But when it clicks, it's going to click in fast. They're, they're going to be on that bubble Five and seven ish, six and six in that range. But yeah, I got to sell. I think they can get to five wins. Brandon? It, um, buy or sell that they'll win more or less games? At least five. five. I'm going to sell that because I'm just looking at their schedule. The next two games they have are winnable Fresno State and Colorado. Disagree on the Colorado. Well, I was just going to say, I was going to quantify that by saying Colorado did very well in their first two games. So that may be a tough game for them. But then looking at the rest of the schedule, the only other teams that they play that are not ranked are Cal, Arizona, and Utah. And I think they lose at least one of those. So that puts them down to four even if they're able to beat Colorado. So, yeah, I'm going to sell that. Jason, buy or sell that UCLA under Chip Kelly wins five or fewer, because I think Brandon misinterpreted. Yeah, I... I yes. He meant I'm to buy buying it. it. I'm buying it. I'm buying you, it. Every day, twice on Sunday... Putting the, I'm betting the farm on it. Ginger Domus has spoken. I, I mean, I just, I don't like Chip Kelly as a coach. Period. He was a, I mean, he was great at Oregon, but 
I think it, he was overhyped. Um, and now he's at a school that has a very large microscope on it for due to its past prestige. I think that he is going to take at least two more years to even get a 500 season. Let's look at the schedule here real quick since Brandon kind of brought it up, shall we? Losses to Cincinnati and Oklahoma to start. Fresno State, they could very easily lose that game. The Bulldogs are one of the classes of the Mountain West. That's true. Colorado is a team that just beat Nebraska and Scott Frost. That's a loss. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, that game. Washington that was is a barn burner. Washington is ranked 10 in the con- 10th in the country with a loss on their schedule. But that loss is to my predicted national champion, Auburn. At Cal, okay, winnable. Arizona, if Khalil Tate keeps playing the way he's playing, winnable. Utah, you never know what you're going to get. But then to close the season, it is Oregon, Arizona State, who just beat Sparty. Thank you very much. USC, good call, (laughs) and Stanford. That's three wins, maybe. Yeah. And that's if things break in their favor. They could very easily be looking at two wins. I'm sorry, Eric. I don't see five out of this schedule. Uh, With someone... The thing about the Pac-12, it's so far favorable non-conference, and they've had some pretty... Marquee wins, as you mentioned, Colorado over Nebraska, Arizona State over Michigan State, etc. This is a wild conference, however. A lot of things break in a lot of strange ways, and especially when you get into a lot of higher scoring games. And I think as this offense develops, it's going to get higher scoring much quicker than people think. Again, I'm not expecting the world. But five still seems reasonable. We'll come back to this segment at the end of the season here because I'll be curious to see how this one plays out. I just, I actually enjoyed Chip Kelly at Oregon. I hated him in Philadelphia because I know his system doesn't work in the NFL. We found that out when Steve Spurrier tried to take the run and gun to the NFL. Well, I mean, the only one who even came close to making the run and shoot work in the NFL was June Jones. When he had Jeff George in Atlanta, and even then, that was very spotty. Plus, Chip Kelly, they kind of gave him the keys to the kingdom in Philadelphia, which was a colossal mistake. Well, I mean, as a Buffalo Bills fan, we do thank the Philadelphia Eagle organization for LaShawn McCoy. Mm. Just saying. Yeah, and uh, how's that going with that potential case and with him and his... Uh, Actually, funny that you mention it, because guess what time it is, Eric? What is that? It's time to pour one out for the homers. (laughs) And since you're bringing up my bills, I guess I will start. Uh, The police have announced that they do not have enough evidence to formally investigate LaShawn McCoy. Then again, the police announced they didn't have enough evidence to formally investigate Ezekiel Elliott, too, and we all saw how that turned out. Oh, yeah. I'm not as worried about this as I would have been prior to this season 
because Chris Ivory looked very good in the preseason. That being said, that was in the preseason, and that was against twos and sometimes threes. Rather, Ivory can have that kind of production behind a, let's be honest, spotty offensive line in Buffalo right now after losing three starters is debatable at best and unlikely at worst. Okay, damn near impossible at worst. Let's be honest here. Kentucky Fried Gator. (laughs) Son of a bitch, Eric. (laughs) It It pains me to admit that that's funny. Speaking of things that haven't happened since prior president's administrations, I think Reagan was still president the last time Kentucky beat Florida. Yes, he was. What a freaking Reagan! (laughs) I can confirm that he was because the last time Kentucky beat Florida was the year I was born. (laughs) Ronald freaking Reagan. Ah, yes. A brand new... Go ahead. Dan, Dan Mullen, I wouldn't call your seat hot, but it's definitely warmed up a few degrees after that debacle. Ah, just think. A brand new network called Nickelodeon was on the air. All the talk was about the Chernobyl meltdown, Challenger exploding. Ah, that was a fun year. <laughs> you his microphone? Let's talk about the positive to come out of last weekend. There wasn't a whole lot of positive for either team in the first half at Heinz Field on Saturday. The second half, well, that's when the Pitt Panthers caught a beatdown. 51-6. to six. Are you serious, Jason? <clears throat> I'm serious. I, um... I, I I was heartbroken. I should have went with my gut. I, I really, out of respect to you, I did not go with my gut and did not pick Kentucky because you you threatened my life. And <laughs> I kind of I kind of I, I I like my life right now, uh, and so I chose not to do that. But um, so this is what happens. Um, I take. I pick a shitty team that um, is just—I—I—I I, I should never pick Pitt in anything it, unless they play Pitt Miami. Out. Oh and, God, Nathan! Yeah, <laughs> damn, Nathan! I should feel Eric. Oh, at least he's did, your did problem. Did we just lose Harry? It was two years ago that Peterman went to the NFL, not last year when Pitt beat Miami. Even still, it still feels that way. Name one Pitt, good Pitt quarterback aside from Dan Marino. Um, uh, uh, we don't have that long a time on the show. Exactly. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Yes. Pour one out for the homers. Um... Yeah, so Giants, unfortunately, they were not able to get the win uh, against the Jaguars. Well, well done, Eric. Well done, Eric. Uh, but they still put on a decent performance, especially later on in the game. Saquon Barkley with his, uh, his first touchdown in the NFL with a 68-yarder. 
Um, so, I mean, it wasn't the greatest game in the world for the Giants, but definitely some positives to look forward to. And um, hopefully, especially considering how they uh, just about laid a goose egg against the uh, Panthers last week, uh, I have I have some faith that the Giants will be able to get a win in uh, Jerry's world this week. We'll talk more about that game a little bit later on. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. Had to bring that one back from last season. <laughs> Jason, pour one out for the homers. Well, since WVU does not have a game this week due to the catastrophe that's going, we're going to talk about a potential future NFL team that I was uh, put on notice about. They will be playing in the Tootsie Pop Stadium. Um, my wife has informed me that West Virginia is getting a professional football team called the West Virginia Hoot Owls. Uh, they're going to be led by a, a journeyman, uh, Travis Whitehead, at quarterback. He's a 38-year-old physics teacher down in southern Alabama that has uh, decided to come. He's been signed to a uh, two-moonshine a game deal here in West Virginia. Um, they're going to be coached by um, Skip Layfield. Um, he was assistant coach at Audison Broadus, and um, this is big break into the uh, you know national ranks. Um, and I put way too much thought into this fictitious football team <laughs> that my wife has told me about, and. Um, <clears throat> I've also been informed by many fans, all five of them, that they will now hoot on third downs to distract the opposing team. Not your typical hoot. <laughs> no, no. This was a barn owl hoot that will go for the hoot, hoot, all five of them. For um, the record, for the record, all post game parties are at Hooters. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hooters is closed down. Uh, here in West Virginia, we only have two, and nobody's traveling there. Uh, we're going to be um, going to Dick's Last Resort, if it's still standing, uh, for uh, pizza and hot dogs at the end of the season to reward the team. Uh, and, and, and to get yelled we'll, at the whole time? <laughs> and as many results as you can bear. And, and we will also... Answer the age-old question for season tickets in the 2020 season. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Tootsie Pop? Dibs on being the owl mascot. Man, you get booked. Yeah. um, On the (laughs) flip side of that, on the flip side of that, um, the Giants, uh, like Brandon said, they lost, but we did see some, some improvements. Um, I had a spirited debate that Ramsey cannot hold OBJ's jock and that um, he kind of got lit up. I was told that I was wrong, uh, even though the stat line provided OBJ going for over 110 yards against the Jacksonville defense that was supposedly unstoppable. And that would eat the Giants uh, and Eli alive. But, you know, Princess Ramsey did get the win. Um, but we seen that Eli has gained a little bit of his swagger back. 
He has an amazing running back in Barkley. And OBJ, he's still one of the top three best wide receivers in the game. Depend no matter who they put on him. So, here's yeah, one for the homies. Now, if only you guys could get Starling Shepard to step up and take some of that pressure off of Beckham. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or Ingram not to drop passes. <laughs> I mean, or us not not enough fumbles with 45 seconds left in the game to possibly win it. You know, this happens. Or, you uh, know, the man that you were claiming that you had his swagger back, not throwing pick sixes to Miles Jack. Although, I, I really got to send him a fruit basket for that. Great, great start to the season defensively. Um, oh. If Elon doesn't throw at least two interceptions a game, it's a career day for him. <laughs> I, I hate to admit that, but you're right. That checks. He, he, Eli's on like the Nathan Peterman limit of at least two. <laughs> the difference is, is usually he has a couple touchdown passes to counterbalance those interceptions. Uh, also, the difference is that when it matters, Eli turns it up, whereas Peterman turns it way down. No, Eli turns it up. Peterman turns it over. <laughs> yeah, that that checks out. No, Eric, just for that, you don't get to break. How about that? How do you? Like- <laughs> no, in all in all seriousness, we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about your 77 to nothing victory over Savannah State because nobody gives a crap. It's Savannah <laughs> State. No, like I said, when they okay, always play against Florida A&M, your mission is do not let the opponents score. Credit to Miami for doing their job and in the process setting their school record for margin of victory and tying their school record for marginal points. But they got the shutout. That's what mattered the most to me. Pour one out for the homers. Talk Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah, yes. It was a great day up in the Meadowlands. I mean, Giants fans were scared from having to come down south and dealing with the heat, humidity, and belly flop and the mayonnaise contests. No, they got to stay right up there in the confines of Jersey, watch Blake Bortles come to town and be actually slightly better than mediocre. Watch Leonard Fournette until you cruelly, savagely gave him an injury and forced him out of the game. But no, that didn't deter us because we had T.J. Yeldon and we were back to being Saxonville. Yeah, okay. Saquon Barkley, he had a good day. He really did. That 68-yard run, that was classic. I got to give that to him. And yeah, OBJ... He had his yards, but did we see one of his signature end zone celebrations? I don't think so. We did our job in that sense. A great win, and now hope to God that we don't get embarrassed against New England. I don't know. New England embarrassing you is kind of par for the course. (laughs) I don't know. Chad Henney played the Tom Brady to a 23-16 game. It's not as bad as you would think. Well, hopefully you guys can get a 10-point lead this week and hold on to it. Uh, I I, I hope because, yeah, New England, they looked decent against Houston but not dominating. So that's a bit of a good sign. 
gentlemen, it is at this point that we tell whoever that we need to tell to get it together. Jason? Uh, mine's going to be Marcus Mariota. Um, please get it together. I've drafted you in like a lot of leagues, hoping that you've been given many weapons to succeed and you're, you're sucking donkey balls. And um, please, 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 for the sake of all this holy, get it together. You're, you're better than this. Yeah, but he did just lose his best weapon. Or don't or don't get it together. That would make the division at least a little bit easier for Jacksonville. Brandon? Uh, the the Chicago Bears get it together. Um, yes, I know you're playing against one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, but um, they made all those moves and got a lot of pickups. Got Khalil Mack. Um, yes, I know he was on a pitch count this week. But you know, you're you're supposed to be uh, you're supposed to be better than you were last year, and in the first half it looked like you were, but second half, eh, not so much. Eric, Chargers defense. Look, Philip Rivers is old. Antonio Gates come out of retirement, and going back to Rivers, he's got about eight kids to feed. Can you, as a defensive unit, give him a break and not put so much pressure on him to make miracles and win games? He, he's got talent, but if you've got guys as low as good as he potentially is, like Patrick Mahomes throwing it down the field and you can't even read a simple shovel pass, just no. No, get it together or go home. <laughs> All right, I'm going to state for the record that if Josh Allen lights up this Chargers defense, I don't want to hear another goddamn word about Patrick Mahomes until he does something relevant. Fair, completely fair. Yep. But but if uh, uh, hey, if, hey, if hey Harry, you know what time it is? It's Mahomes time. But you you you, you do dead. realize that if uh, if um. Yeah, if, if the Chargers shut down the Bills, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Yes, yes. I'm aware. You're never going to hear the end of it from Robert. Yes, I'm very well aware. For those of you who don't know, Robert Taylor, co the co-host of MMA to the Max here on the WTM Network. Make sure you check us out online at WTMNet.com and check out MMA to the Max on Facebook at, by searching for MMA to the Max. There, you're welcome. Cheap plug. Shill! <laughs> Moving on. All right, so... Eric, you'll enjoy this one. Okay. You got your asses handed to you by Virginia Tech. And then Samford comes into Dope Campbell Walker Stadium and the Bulldogs hang tough for four quarters. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> and and, 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 and I'm, I'm just going to mention this. Burt Reynolds, hell of an actor, hell of a running back until you had your knee injury, had to miss time, you went off to acting school. May you rest in peace. You're one of the few Seminoles, along with Lee Corso and a couple of others that I legitimately liked. Rest I, in peace, Scarborough. 
I thought that Florida State had an awesome gesture on the back of their helmets in homage having a license plate from Smokey the Bandit. To go into this against Samford. Bulldogs. At home. Don't care about water. What is wrong with you? Willie Taggart, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I, I say this as a guy whose team lost at home this past week. But we didn't lose it. We didn't lose or almost lose at home to an FCS school. Well, I mean, Kentucky, debatable at times, but I, I digress. At least it wasn't Kansas. You could make the same argument about Pittsburgh last year. Hush. At least that was on the road for us. Anyways, <laughs> you just now look. Um, tags. You ain't my boy because you're coaching the rival, but we want to beat a good team. We want to beat a competent team. It's not going to feel the same if we go ahead and steamroll you 60 to nothing. It just won't feel right. I won't be able to sleep as good. What? Oh. You do realize that yet again, much the same way as it was last year, the best records in the state of Florida right now belong to the two teams in the American Athletic Conference. It is a sad state of affairs for FBS football in the state of Florida these days. But especially you, Florida State, for almost losing to freaking Samford. Get it together. (laughs) Well, at least with the USF, that was a good game against Georgia Tech. But at the same time, it's Georgia Tech. (laughs) 49-38, quite the little offensive fireworks show there. All right, moving on. Back uh, Back to the show at hand here. And guys... Are you serious? Okay, so yeah. I don't have I don't have last week's standings yet. I'm not going to do them until a couple of weeks into the season. We'll chart them every couple of weeks, like maybe every third week or so, just because that'll make it easier for me to go back and listen to the old shows, write down the picks, and chart them all at once. However, I do know this much. The only person to get a college game right last week was Brandon. <laughs> and then, well... Me and Eric kind of got screwed by Jimmy INT getting turning coming back to mere mortal status against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Brandon picked Buffalo. How'd that work out for you? Yeah, yeah, that one wasn't too good. And Jason's upset pick was the did Giants. You not pick, yeah, you picked the Giants over. I, I'm the only one that got a pick right last week. So technically, we are a combined one and seven. Apparently, we're not very serious. <laughs> Well, these are upset picks, so it kind of makes Let's, sense. Let's try this again, shall we? No. I boycott. <laughs> you know, at least I can say I was doing other things during the whole Georgia-South Carolina game, so uh, I don't have to worry about focusing how that went horribly, horribly wrong for me, and Focus on something that went right until the camera stopped working. But I digress. <laughs> with the college Family show. <laughs> <laughs> with the college games, I was looking at the lines and lack thereof, and there was nothing that really spoke to me right away. 
games. But then, a, g- a game that I had heard about a little bit of talk on the radio this afternoon while I was at work, I went ahead and I looked at that and I looked at that line. Six and a half. Interesting. Times are not good in the Pacific Northwest, pro or college. There, There is a certain team of dogs that, that there's a lot of questions about. Do they have the right starting quarterback? Are they really as good as they were supposed to be, even after everything that happened in their opener? This is one of those classic early in-conference trip-up games, especially going to the environment of the Great Salt Lake. Utah's a team that's proven somewhat dangerous when it counts before. I think Utah could take Washington this very weekend. Are you picking the up are you picking the upset or just the cover? I'm gonna go ahead and pick the upset. That's a hell of a pick. Wow. <laughs> All right, Jason, that takes me to you. Who's your college pick for this week? I'm actually gonna one up Eric. You know, there's this little team that I can't stand. Their head coach is suspended. They're overhyped. They don't impress me. Oh, I thought about this one, but continue. They're facing facing a little team from the Big 12 that is also carrying a lot of hype, and they're actually giving 13 and a half from the last time I looked. Yes, so, yeah. the line that I, the line that I Ohio saw on ESPN State. was thirteen and a half. Ohio State, you're going to get gigged by the Horn Frogs for the upset, not just to cover, but for the upset. TCU over Ohio State. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Ohio State does not have that good of a record at Jerry World, do they? Uh, I'm not thinking they do. I think, I think they've got. I think they actually carry a losing record there. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that where they lost their semifinal last year? I believe uh, so. I was thinking well, not it was the, not the semifinal, the Cotton Bowl. Excuse me. Because I think this, the, the semifinals were Alabama, Washington, Clemson, and oh, no, it might have been to the Clemson, not Georgia. I'm thinking two years ago. Yeah. So then no, the semifinal two years ago to uh, Clemson. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Brandon, you're up. Uh, my pick is. Um, I couldn't really find any. I mean, the the one that Jason just gave. Uh, looked interesting, but I still think that Ohio State will pull that one out. My pick is not one that I think they're going to completely win, but I definitely think they're going to beat the spread, and that is BYU and Wisconsin. The line is like 25 or something like that. I think it'll be a much closer game than that. Do I think Wisconsin's going to win? Yes, but I don't think they're going to completely destroy BYU. The line that I'm seeing on ESPN is 21 and a half. There we go. Yeah. So, gentlemen, I'm actually going the opposite way. 
I'm picking a ranked team. I'm picking a ranked team to cover a very large spread against another ranked team. Eric, this one's for you. Okay. The Auburn Tigers are ten and a half point favorites against LSU. This is another one that I saw, but I was a little bit skeptical. Not only does Auburn win, I'm delaying the ten and a half. They win by at least two scores. I don't think people realize just how good this Auburn team can be this year. They find out this Saturday at 3.30 on CBS. Especially with Jared Stidham at quarterback in LSU, they had a hot start against Miami, but we found ways to come back and at least make that scoreline respectable in the second half. It finished 33-17. Auburn and how they are and how they get pressure, you may be onto something. We now move over to the National Football League, Eric. And once again, you lead us off. These are two teams that got into borderline battles of attrition in week one. Scoring was low. And combined with these two teams and their two games, you're talking a total of less than 50 points. Between the two. It got ugly. Quickly. So when I saw this line. At a minus six. I thought to myself. Yeah offense is going to pick up a little bit. But. There's one team that I trust. A teeny bit more than the other. Especially since this is a divisional game. I'm taking Carolina over Atlanta. I was looking at that one myself. Yeah, I thought about that as well. That's Atlanta minus six and a half, isn't it? Mm, yes, it's either. It says six on ESPN. Yeah, because when I saw it on ESPN, it was six. It might have been six and a half and the line moved up. But I know when I saw it, it was six. Okay. The, so line, have- the line I'm looking at currently on Vegas is three and a half. Well, we use ESPN. We've always used ESPN here. I know. I'm saying the line has dropped to three and a half. That's because (laughs) the smart money is coming in late in the week. It is. We get later into the week. Yeah, this is when the Sharks are looking more at the stats. And smart money is coming to Carolina. I might be on to (laughs) something. Jason? Uh... We're we're staying. What what is our what is our parameters? Are we still staying three through for a couple of weeks? Three for the first couple of weeks. We'll probably move it up after week four once we're a quarter of the way through the season. All right, I'm going to take my Sunday night football game. I'm going to put my faith in my beloved Giants. Uh, they're going to go in where Eli owns Jerry World. And I'm taking the Giants over Dallas. Sorry, because it worked out so well for you last week. 
Hey, Dallas didn't look too good last week, so. No, Dallas was eight points last week. Line. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Dallas got embarrassed by Carolina last week. I'm not going to sit here and say that they didn't because their offense was proven to be the utter shit show that it can be at times. Obviously, no. my, my theory no. about their lack of a wide receiving core has some kind of verification after their performance last week. Both teams are winless. Somebody's got to win. It's going to be the Giants. Or it could be another Pittsburgh-Cleveland. They don't have oh, Nobody God. really has to win if you think about it. Brandon? My ah, echo. Yes. My, my upset pick for this week, I'm sticking with a night game, but it's not going to be Sunday night. I am going over to the next night. Seahawks over the Bears. How is this? How is Seattle getting three and a half against Chicago, giving these teams recent history? I have no idea. This almost seems like a gift. Yeah. I, it, the, the thing is, the problem with what I saw with Chicago against Green Bay, not so much the defense, even with Aaron Rodgers and his touchdown passes, throwing three on a leg and a half, but Mad Nagy's play calling. He really freaked out and did not properly manage the time just calling pass after pass after pass after pass. I hope he learned a lot from that if the Bears are in even least somewhat of a similar situation and get a lead. And I wrap things up with my prediction. I kind of teased it earlier. I'm going to officially deliver it here. I don't buy the hype with Alex Smith in Washington. I do not. I, I haven't. I won't. Adrian Peterson looked better than expected week one, going for now almost 100 yards, 98 to be specific. They have an excellent wide receiver core in Washington that I think it's vastly underrated just due to the fact that they play in Washington and nobody knows who most of them are there. That being said... There was a game on Sunday that was 27 to 23 going into the late part of the game. And the returning Andrew Luck had his team driving until a batted pass got picked off and returned for a pick six to seal the Cincinnati victory. I don't think the Washington defense is as good as their performance against Arizona leads people to believe it is. Indianapolis is a six point underdog. Not only will they cover the six, it is an outright victory, the Colts. With the way Andrew Luck was, I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. I really can. A lot of it's going to depend on how much that pick six that sealed the game messes with his psyche. Rather, he's forgotten about it or if it sticks around in his craw. I, I think he has a pretty short memory. Has I'd he like been hit so. hard yet? Oh, yeah. I, oh, okay. Yeah, not I can't, just like, hit hard. We had, a, like, our first irregular season ejection with the uh, helmet rule. Oh, okay. That is right. He did get lit up on a targeting call, didn't he? Uh-huh. That head bent at a pretty severe angle. Glad to see that he was able to get up from that, but that shook off a lot of the rust right there. 
Speaking of severe angles, did you guys see that one USC wide receiver? Ow. Uh, uh. How he, how, not only did he get up, he kept running after it because apparently his shoulders didn't touch the ground. <laughs> yeah, did you do that? It's, I, I do a move like that. I'm in the emergency room for the better part of the next six months. If, if I could do a move like that. No, you know what? Eric, no, Eric, no, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> nope. We are not having this discussion. Not happening. Nope. Instead, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to our shameless shows for the week. Brandon, go ahead. Um well you and I still have Raw and SmackDown or two uh, Raw Smack, SmackDown and two oh five live. Excuse me yeah, to I do, do Raw next week. One. Yes. I was um, gonna say I do Raw once no. a week, that's enough. And uh we also have our predictions for Hell in a Cell. And then um Jason and I, once all of the chaos goes uh, through uh, with Florence, with, with Aunt Flo coming to visit, um, we will talk about starting up f- fantasy football to the max next week. That's what she said. Eric? Well, that's not what she said to me Saturday, but anyways. <laughs> Family show! <laughs> 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 Apologies to our listeners using headphones. Continue. Oh, you you set me up. I gotta knock them down. But uh, alas, aside from this, you will soon be hearing my dulcet tones more on uh, soccer to the max. We're actually gearing up to record our latest episode where we'll cover the end of the NWSL season as they're gearing up for the playoffs. Uh, how the U.S. men's and women's teams did during this international break. And I, I finally am approaching the date for the return of Point of Viewer. Let's just say there are going to be a couple of tweaks when it gets back. Uh, I've got someone, and she's kind enough to introduce a couple of key segments. Make sure you guys listen, because I don't think we're going to be able to talk about it on this show. No. Oh, especially when I get to my adventures on Saturday. God, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jason, do you have anything to plug? Hmm. You keep throwing me softballs like that. He, he, wants to plug what, he wants to plug what Eric did on Saturday, I'm guessing. Anyway. <laughs> All I'm, all I'm going to say is, Eric, my wife had my phone when you sent the text. Oh, you could have I had, I Well, I didn't know that she would have my phone and you would send the text that fast. <laughs> she needed to look something up. You're the one who told me to text you. I did. Yeah, but I, re- I kind of know how Eric's timetable of texting is. It's not immediate. <laughs> I thought I had five minutes or so. I did. Uh, the only thing I want to plug is um, nothing. Nothing. That's that's it. I want to. I'm just going to wish everybody that's listening that maybe get hit by the storm. I hope everything ends well. I hope nobody suffers any damage. And um, thoughts and 
kumbayas with you. And everybody, please heed the evacuation warnings. Thankfully, you'll have enough time. Don't risk it. Don't try to be brave. If they're telling you to go, go. Uh, it doesn't matter what you own. It's not worth your life. Not at all. And now that the kickoff has gotten serious, let me bring some levity back to the proceedings. Yeah, what Brandon said about SmackDown in 205, uh, we may try to get together and do a May Young Classic Volume 2 catch-up as well. Uh, even if NXT is kind of a lost cause at this point, I do think we should get something out there for the May Young Classic. Mm. And... I should be home in a relatively reasonable time on Sunday night if you want to do a Hell in a Cell review, Brandon. Well, that may be a moot point at that point. Yeah. Because I have a feeling I'm not going to be able to watch Hell in a Cell live. Hopefully it's not as bad as everybody's saying. And it's been been a thing before where they say that these things are going to be stronger than what they actually are when they make landfall. Oh, yeah. This case of... Oh, I think it. I, I think it will be, but even if it's a category one, which is what they're saying now, at least where I am, uh, that was what it was when Matthew hit and we lost power. So, which also ironically also landed on a pay per view night. I remember Matthew. Eric, he was a good guy. Matthew, <laughs> he was a hell of a guy. Maybe him and Flo can get together and both of them can... Never mind. <laughs> Eric? I do, I do have one thing to say. This Saturday, Glacier is coming. Make it happen, Jason. We're putting this on you. I'm going to try like hell. Not to mention, don't forget all of the collaborations for... What the latest round of the top 25 college football rankings. Which you can find on the W2Mnet.com website. I apologize for lack of Big Ten bios. Unfortunately, I had a guest this weekend. I do not apologize for said guest. It's rare that I get to spend an entire weekend with her. But she's only up for Thursday into Friday this week. So my top 25 bios for the Big Ten should return to the week three rankings over at W2Mnet.com. Also, real quick... Brandon and I will be bringing another wrestling podcast to you guys after football season. It will take the Wednesday time slot of the kickoff as we present how the war was won Monday Night Raw versus WCW Monday Nitro. So that'll be all coming to you either available on the WTOMnet website or coming soon. In addition, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreakers, iHeartRadio, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And Glacier is coming this Saturday night to Jason and um, throw down for the pound remix pro wrestling. <laughs> Gotta make it happen, That's Jason. Cool. I, I, I'm, I'm going to try like hell. For Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, and Brandon Biskabing, I'm Harry Broadhurst, and this has been The Kickoff, Season 2, Episode 2 of the regular season here on the W2M Network. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Wednesday night.